0: Outlet Liquor is your place to buy a case. Stock up and save when you shop the lowest prices available every day at Outlet Liquor. You never have to wait for a sale.
1: The more you buy, the more you save. Only at Outlet Liquor.
0: What's your outlet?
2: Folks, welcome back to the show where we do get our signals crossed and our swords always are. We get our panel in here, GATESY35 intern, Vinny. But we are here to talk the Sabres midseason. We are at 39 of 82 games here. And frankly, I think the Sabres have kind of exceeded expectations in some spots. Obviously, there was the losing streak after the Strong start, Uh, and it's led to kind of maybe a perception that these Sabres are a little bit streaky, but I think it's more timing and consequence. Gents, let's break it in here and let's get down to it. We got our mid-season podcast, Streaky Sabres, vibes after 39 games played, 20, 17, and 2, Gatesy.
1: Yeah, I think if you told fans where the Sabres would be right now in terms of the overall standings, they'd be happy. I think the biggest issue right now is just that streakiness. You know, you have that eight-game skid, which really hurts what that team is now, but You know, you see fans looking at this team when they're on the six, seven-game winning streak because you know they're this top team in the NHL. And unfortunately, like we kind of knew going into season, this team might be streaky and lose some games in a row. And that's exactly where they are. Like they, this is this is what we expected.
0: Yeah, it's a good point. I think when you really look at how this team is made up at the beginning of the year, if you would have told me how this season is going back then, I think I would have taken it. I don't think I really would have. really wanted to change anything. I mean, the streaks are fun and the losing streaks are less fun, but I guess if we win two out of every three, that's nice and all. But I think for a team that's young and exciting, I think when you're really able to sort of build off of that excitement with some long win streaks, winning five in a row, winning six in a row, uh, you know, winning four out of five a couple of times, that's really fun and that gives a lot of people hope, which really hasn't been with this hockey team for as long in the past couple of seasons. So I like what's happening so far. And honestly, even if they're streaky, as long as you take two steps forward and one step back and not the other way around, you get hot at the right time. You might be be able to make some noise come April and may
2: right now. I want to ask you guys a question. Are you more frustrated by that? um, What was it? The eight game losing streak or are you encouraged Uh, That probably we're going to have UPL back in the lineup, you know, by this weekend. And with Samuelson in the lineup, they've been basically a top 10 team, top five team in the NHL record-wise. Frustrated or encouraged more so far through these 39 games?
1: It's honestly super encouraging for me. It's because that eight-game skid, you know, they didn't have Samuelson. It was early in the year. And you can see where the team's rebounded since then. And yes, as of right now, they've lost two in a row. But you look at any NHL team, like two losses in a row, it happens during a course of an 82-game season. Where they're at right now, it's, I think it's really positive, and the fact that they can lose eight games and be such a young team and bounce back and be you know, a couple points out of the playoff spot midway through the year, I think is really incredible.
0: Yeah, I think as discouraging as that eight-game skid was, I think it showed just how important it is, and the last two games, and we'll get into that later, but I think that's indicative of how important goaltending and defense is to your overall success i noticed with a couple of games before this last this two game skit i'll call it um and hopefully that's where it stops winning a lot of games in 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 extras you know taking a couple of games to overtime um that's what happened with the old sabers those 10 game winning streaks a lot of that happened in overtime and in shootouts so um you had a feeling that this was sort of coming to an end but I think goaltending and overall defensive play is the key. And, and that'll lead us into another conversation later. And I, I think they need to put a little bit more effort into making sure that they can consistently get good defense and consistently get better goaltending.
2: Great. Love to hear it. Let's change up the format here. Let's go with the head boxes because cool. we are going with the topic of goalie, goalie, goalie. Right now, you, we will all take the role of one of the current Sabres goalies. I will take the Chico. I'll take UPL. Gatesy, you take Anderson. Vinny, you take Comrie. If you're in GMKA's office, why do you need to be on this team the rest of the season? I'll start. I'm UPL. I'm the future. You've been talking about me for basically half a decade. Anytime I've been in the lineup, we've been winning. Even if I've been letting up goals, I'm good for the vibes. I'm good for the boys. UPL is great for the brand.
1: You know, I might only be one year younger than Ryan Miller, but there's so much that I bring to this team. Maybe not so much on ice as it's been the past couple years, but, you know, that veteran presence in the locker room, we got two young goalies, UPL's 23, Comrie's 27. What I can bring to this team off the ice is so much more and so much more valuable than, you know, maybe another goalie can bring.
0: Look, if I'm Eric Comrie, you're paying me to play in the NHL this year. You're not paying me to go down and be a 27-year-old with the Rochester Americans. And this team is in need of somebody who can get better, who can get hot. Craig Anderson's not really a goalie that's going to get hot. And UPL is a goalie that hasn't played in a lot of big moments. Now, I'm not to say, not saying that I don't want UPL up there, you know, on the bench with me, or even if he's starting and I'm his backup, but a 41-year-old guy, great for the vibes mentally, physically, probably not the guy you want in the crease. I'm 27. I can get hot, and I think that's why I want Eric Comrie up here. Just, just the, the, the possibility of not getting arthritis in the middle of the second period is, is significant.
2: Fair, fair on all accounts here, gents. Um, and let's get into it. So, obviously, we got the three goalies that caused a, a roster move we'll talk about right after this, Casey Fitzgerald. Um, and obviously that was, you know, debatably other ways, but the p- part of the reason is he got the three goalies with that said, um, it seems like they're going to attack this and keep the three goalies for the time being. Right. Um, obviously you look at the schedule, they got 10 games in the next 18 days. Uh, this is a team. And I think this is a situation where yes, like they're happy. And I think it goes back to what we we're talking about. The vibes are good around this team right now. But with that said, two or three bad starts from UPL. Do you feel comfortable getting them out there for a fourth, fifth, and sixth when it would really be this team's season on the line at that point? I think it's a good idea to keep Comrie, Anderson, and obviously uh, UPL at once. But I'm curious your guys' thoughts with the way that things are starting to shake out. And obviously, um, you know, UPL was sick yesterday. But with that said, like, you know, what's your take on how that whole situation unfolded and the handling of it there?
1: You know, it's something like losing Fitzgerald. It's for having three goalies. I don't think the big of a deal as fans might be making out the team. It's he's a guy that's played how many games this year for the Sabres. And, you know, as a depth defenseman, he might not be the guy that's going to put this team over the edge to win a Stanley cup and make the playoffs. But having three goalies, I think is way more important than having, you know, an extra depth player on this team. It's gold. The Sabres last year, that goaltending carousel of six goalies, seven goalies have played games and, this trio right now seems to be doing well together. They're pushing each other. And I think is what we've, from the reports we've heard from the team, it's like Anderson is that presence in the locker room. And I think he kind of knows his role at this point in his career. He's not in there, you know, to get this team, be the guy that plays 60 games a year, get them in the playoffs. Like he just wants, you know, be there, get a couple more games under his belt and, and get the team ready to move on when, you know, his time might be done in the organization.
2: It's pretty unbelievable, but we witnessed 41 starts from Dustin Tokarski and Aaron Dell last year. Uh, Vinny, what are your thoughts on, uh, obviously, the way that Donny G and uh, Kevin are going to have to handle
0: this? Well, I think this actually might be a really good idea. Now, with that said, because of the rescheduled games, we just saw today the Columbus game from the 27th of December has been moved now to the regular season finale. If we got to win a game to get into the playoffs, the last game of the season, right now I kind of want to be playing the Columbus Blue Jackets, who – Oh my god, could you imagine
2: getting to a win and you're so glad that game's there.
0: Yes. Now, of course, I don't want to get put the cart before the horse. Now, I will say, uh, if this were around the horn, Gatesy would have gotten a couple of points there for that answer. (laughs) I really, really liked what he said. And to piggyback off of that, UPL is young. And and Maniac, you said the same thing. If he has a a couple of tough starts, you can pull him and feel confident about you have two other options, right? I think if you keep just him and Anderson, and UPL has a couple of tough starts, and then you put Anderson in. You're, you're looking at a guy who's probably just going to have an you know 880 save percentage for the two or three games that you keep him. Right now, on the, on the Comrie side, you can rotate. You have a 23 year old to 27 year old that are young, and they can play a couple of in a row. When you have games on like Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday, Tuesday, you know which they'll have coming up in February, in late January, and February, you can play. Comrie-UPL, Comrie-UPL, Anderson. And then you're giving sort of – you're giving those two younger guys the higher workloads and a little bit more rest.
2: Okay. No, seriously, I like that a lot. Um, Speaking of which, things I like a lot. um, There are some names on the Sabres I don't want to move. One I was glad to see um, if it had to get lost in the shovel, Fitzgerald. uh, Claimed by Florida. Are you guys surprised by that?
1: I I think going into the year, you think – Florida claiming Fitzgerald would probably be a bad move for Florida because they're poised to, you know, make a deep run in the Atlantic. But where they're at right now in the standings, it's they need that extra help on, on defense. I hope Fitzgerald's not the answer for them because with the Sabres, he was a good player. But again, like I said earlier, he's not going to put a team over the edge. He's going to fill some holes when he needs to. But I'm interested. I am shocked that someone did claim him.
0: Yeah, I was surprised when I saw this. I thought he was going to waivers and he was going to be putting on a red, white, and blue jersey, but that is not the case, at least for a little while. But with that said, I am glad they I, – I guess I'll word it this way. I'm glad they put him on waivers and not Cal Clegg because I've been really impressed with the way Cal Clegg has played so far this season. And I was going to use the phrase in limited action. He has not played limited action. He's played a significant amount of games for the blue and gold so far. And I've liked what I've seen. I think he's been playing better than Jacob Bryson. And now with Yoki Haru back, I think Bryson's going to be the one on the chopping block, not Kale Clagg.
2: Okay, so I, I, this actually makes a great point because I don't like Clegg at all. Um, <laughs> but with that said, I want to hear this <laughs> from you two. If, uh, so you got your Darlene, you got your Power, you got your Samuelson, you got your Yoki Haru. Who is your other two if you're in a must-win April 24th Columbus game tomorrow?
1: I think definitely Clegg. Like I've really enjoyed his game so far, just because I don't know if it's maybe the low expectations going into it, but he's just always done you know enough to for the Sabers to get by. And that sixth spot, it's it's tough having Bryson out there because a lot of times he's an offensive defenseman that doesn't put up points, which isn't great when you're a minus what 14 or 15 this point in the season. Um, it's maybe I'll go like Labushkin, but like maybe the first week on the Sabres Lubushkin, if if I can get that answer.
2: Okay, okay, he did come out with a punch, obviously, as many of you then since. What about you, uh, VC? What do you got?
0: Yeah, as much as I have just professed my love for Kale Clegg, I don't know if I want him and Jacob Bryson together on a D pairing in a must win game in April. With that said, look, I, Labushin has been playing not good lately. I mean, it's been bad. <laughs>
1: it's not so bad. I think
0: it, it's been bad. So I think if I would want, I mean, really, the discussion comes, if we're looking at current rostered Sabres, right, there's nobody in Rochester that I want up right now. Nobody's really impressed me down there to, to want to give them more NHL time at this point. My answer, to be quite frank with you, as of, I don't know, seven hours ago would have been casey fitzgerald and Kale clag but of course one of those players is not an option anymore so uh just i'm just gonna say bryson and Clagg to this point just because i i really don't think labushkin has been good as of late but his veteran presence his, his experience might have to give him the upper hand and, and i think the exchange for me personally is between bryson and labushkin i think clag stays
2: do we just really need a third D-line pairing that's gonna like throw it into neutral and not fuck up, basically?
1: Yeah, that's it. let yeah. the other two pairs run. Yeah, like it. like
2: literally just sustain. Like don't like like don't get clobbered every time you're out there. I mean, I guess this is the first time that I'm realizing this, but that's the beauty. I mean, Owen Power had a shift last night, uh, you know, against Seattle. I don't know if you guys saw the highlight of that, but basically made about four to five plays on one shift. I didn't know that was possible uh, in the hockey world. Speaking of not knowing if it's possible in the hockey world, my goodness, you talk about. Two weeks into the season, you're like, eh, maybe that contract will uh, play out a little sloppily. But my goodness, Tage Thompson continues to literally tear up the NHL. It's not even just that he's putting up the stats anymore. He's getting the, you know, I would say the praise and the acknowledgement from all the big hockey-like spheres and uh, internet, you know, corners. Um, With that said, 31 goals, 26 assists through 39 games played, uh, virtual, you know, video game numbers. For sure. Um, so my question to you guys is, honestly, I, I wrote here, over under 26 months until GM uh, KA lets him rework that deal. And I mean, what are you thinking, you know, just as far as what they've seen from him and maybe maybe another player on the team that might encourage you about?
1: Yeah, I mean, these really are video game numbers we're seeing out of Thompson. Again, completely out of nowhere. Even last year, like when he made those big progressions, a lot of fans were like, He can't do it again a second year, and he's really proven that he's better than that and beyond. And I think that 26 months, it's it's what a little over two years. It's if Tage is still on the pace he's on now and still growing as a player, it's I feel it could be tough to not at least make things worth his while a little bit, especially cap going up every year. It's it's just something crazy about what seven million give or take a season for Tage, and Skinner's making nine. It's, it's definitely an interesting conversation to have because what he's done this season is just completely remarkable.
0: Yeah, I think 26 is a really good number. Mm-hmm. I don't know that this conversation, this conversation might get brought up this offseason. If the Sabres make the playoffs, I'd be really interested to see what he does then. If we get into the playoffs and we're playing the Pittsburgh Penguins in round one, and he's matched up against the Crosby line, and it's playoff Sidney Crosby, and they shut Tage down, he has one assist in five games, then I think this conversation probably doesn't happen. But if we make the playoffs and Tage has seven points in five games in the playoffs too, this conversation might be happening in July. So I I, I, I don't love that. I mean, I love the deal. Not, I mean, I, who doesn't, right? The, the, um, here's the t- thing, I guess, right? Is, is if right. you're
2: the agent, you only get one, like, True shot at this yeah. is my thing, like you can't keep going every three months when a player plays well because no one's gonna want to deal with you. Literally, if, if a player mm-hmm. just plays well, and they so my like you're you're right. I mean, geez, if he goes what he's pacing 120 points right now, I mean, or well, not a, a, yeah, yeah, 120 points. Yeah. I mean, that is definitely you drop 120 points and then you go 1.4, one and a half points per game in in a in a playoff series. I think you have a point that you're probably like going to the table. Like, listen, dude, we gave you a little bit of leverage, but clearly like we thought you were dealing with like a future top five player. Like he's a top five player. Like right now.
0: Yeah. And I think with that said, you're also looking at, even if like he, he continues this blistering pace, even reworking this one year after, I think Kevin Adams has to say like, it's been 365 days. Like, just let this breathe. We'll get to it. I promise we'll get to it. Let let's just sort of let's just get into our another season first because I think if if Kevin Adams lets this deal happen for one year and then reworks it for year. And two – And let's remember we're the, dealing
2: with Stonewall Kevin. He will not yeah. be pushed around just because you want something to happen.
0: Yeah, so I don't I don't think I'm gonna take the under on 26 months because I like like 25 and a half.
2: But. <laughs> that's why this line is amazing then that's why, yeah this I, is that's why really I, gave, good I gave it just enough to where yeah and, and maybe if you're at the end of a year maybe you've made the playoffs two out of three mm-hmm. years like maybe you're pacing the best game like you really want to like solidify that I mean but my goodness yeah just the yeah. the I mean it's it's crazy I, I mean I'm, we're watching someone putting up Ovechkin numbers basically mm-hmm. we have an Ovechkin numbers play like this is the player we always wanted Jack Eichel to be like a point mm-hmm. and a half per player per uh, point per game. I mean, it's just unbelievable to see. Craziest yeah. thing to me, if you guys want to make a point on Tage, we'll get on. But uh, I mean, it's just like, there was one, um, I think it was against the Capitals the other night where he just got it like in the very deep slot, like almost at the point, And then just kind of half wristed it towards the goal. And everyone's like, basically for a normal person, this would have been like a fluttering, like 56 mile per hour, like wrister that anyone would have saved. But obviously, it's a goal for today. I mean, just some of the ways he becomes in goal-scoring situations is insane.
1: Yeah, that twenty-six number is that good because in two years, that Dahlin contract's going to be up. Um, I mean, Acosta's up this year. That's six million. You got Cousins. You have to pay this summer. It's that's a great line that I think really puts into perspective where this team values is you know Tage's future and the work he's done and above what he's making in uh, seven million. It's just crazy to me.
2: Okay, we are 39 games in. And by the way, in the, after this 18-day uh, stretch or whatever, the Sabres do have another 10 days off. So it's going to be very interesting, again, to see how Donnie Meatballs and co-manages that. Uh, through this in the rundown, who wants to lead off? Anyone got a good one?
1: The, uh, for what? The midseason, mid-season. thought? I, I think the Casey Middlestat hate has not been as warranted as it's been given out. Thank you. I... He's a guy that's taken so much flack throughout the season because I think he's almost an easy target. You're not going to take on anyone in that top six. So when, when stuff does to go, go wrong for this team, it's, it's going to be the guy you drafted, what, sixth, seventh overall a couple of years ago that, you know, has shown flashes of being a great player and maybe has some off nights. But he how, has how many points on the season? He's, what, six on the team in and, and points? It's like, how can you be too upset with that? And he's 23.
0: Yeah, uh I'm gonna I'm gonna refrain from the Casey Middlestack conversation because I, I'm I, I would like to see him uh sent in a package to get us one top four defenseman. But okay. um look I think the Sabres are one good goalie away from a conference finals. And I think that if the Sabres play the way they have been playing, you give them a good goal not, not just like a nine ten save percentage. You give them like a nine eighteen save percentage goalie. I think the Saber. I think the Sabers in the conference finals because that allows like what's happening now on these like losing streaks. Now the Flyers game aside, because there's again there's eighty two games in a season. Every team has a game like that. Every team gets shut out once. A, I, I don't know if there's ever been a team that hasn't gotten shut out at some point during the season, or if that has happened. When the last time that had, it's very rare. Every team has a bad game like that. But the games that we are losing, those 4 these 4 to 3 games, these, you know, 5 to 3 games, the 4 to 2s, these are games where your offense is doing all right, you just need to get bailed out a couple times. And Anderson and Comrie and even UPL and he's had a couple of good performances are not going to bail you out on a regular basis. You need somebody like a flurry, you know, like a flurry or like a Corey Crawford was back with Chicago in 2012, Uh, you know, John, and and I'm listing like top five goalies. I understand that. So it sounds a little bit ludicrous, but if you can get that, if Devin Levi comes in here and is that if UPL turns into that, I think, I think you're winning at least two playoff series. Okay.
2: Well, mine isn't as good as that. And I want to piggyback out of yours. The only thing I was going to say, Dylan Cousins, 39 points, 39 games, 21 points in his last 16 games. The workhorse from Whitehorse is developing that scoring touch, gentlemen. But Vinny, you alluded to it. Is it possible? I mean, there's a the roster is in a surplus. We definitely need to get rid of a body, apparently. You know what I mean? Like, we need to shave off a player, uh, you know, with the certain things that we got working. Do you think that this is do you think there is a spot do you see kevin has held tight basically every chance he's had he has every chance he's had he's the only time he's made moves he, he made he made two sets of moves basically he went out and he got taylor hall and eric Stahl and uh you know tried to make a run at it there and that and that kind of flopped and then the only thing he's done is he's taken care of his own matthias samuelson you know other deals on the inside so with that said do you think that Kevin is going to make a move? Do you see him make a move? And if you do, who is it for? What's the spot to to make one?
1: You know, I think if Kevin does make a move, it's going to be something pretty calm. We're not going to see a massive deadline where we're selling the farm or really bringing on a big top six forward to put the team over the edge. I think, in my opinion, like Vinny said, it's tough with the three goals the team has now to really find leverage to where to move on from. But even just a good top six defenseman that can round out this team because if you look at the team stats like that bottom pairing with like Bryson being a minus 14 or 15 and Labushkin's not being too much better it's the team is losing games when those two are on the ice because he he can't be a minus 15 halfway through the season that's killing this team if they can get at least get someone out there that's serviceable and get the job done isn't going to want to play you know top two minutes because the Sabres have those top defensemen that's what the team needs badly
0: Yeah, I I think there is a move made. I don't think it's a blockbuster move. And I'm going to make this following comparison. I think the Sabres and the Bills are actually relatively similar organizations in the way that their front offices like to run them. They like to take care of their own guys. They like to draft their players. They like to to re-sign their players that play well. They like to make their players believe in the culture and and really play for one another and play for the city, quite frankly, which is fun to watch.
2: You got to want to be a Buffalo Sabre.
0: Yes, and I've, the Bills made a move at the deadline. Now, the Bills and the Sabres are not at the same points in their franchise's history or even trajectory. I will admit that. But the Bills made a move at the deadline this year to get a position of need to a certain extent, right? Now, they haven't really utilized that position, maybe all that much as a lot of people were expecting. Now, this is not a Bills podcast, but I wanted to throw that in there because I think the Sabres might do something similar. I think they might trade for a defenseman and get rid of maybe a current defenseman in that trade that isn't seeing the ice time that he wants. Or uh, even a fool that's maybe not seeing the ice time they want in the form of the bills. Zach Moss wasn't really seeing the field all that much. He was He's a decent talent. Move on from him. Bring somebody in that can help in a certain way in a different aspect of the game. Maybe they move on from a player. I don't think it's Olofsson. I don't think it's Middlestat. I think they keep them around because they're their guys. I I agree. Maybe they do move on. Maybe they trade Cal Clegg. Like maybe they move, maybe they trade Bryson, but move him so you're not needing to add an extra roster spot. Maybe you move Bryson and a sixth for a slightly better defenseman. That can, that can bolster your defense up a little bit. And then that leads you right into the goalie point. If your defense is forcing low percentage chances, then the goalies look better and everything continues to build from there. That helps your offense because your offense plays with more confidence. They know the defense can bail them out, yada, yada, yada. And, and and that will make for a more well-rounded team performance. But I don't think the move's a blockbuster at all.
2: Okay, okay. Well, hey, as we go down the track here on Crossing Swords Podcast, mid-season pod- Um, the expectations have changed gents, uh, plain and simple. That's what happens when you start seven and three. I mean, again, there, I think at the seven and three, it was tempered, but when you end the 2022 calendar year on a six game win streak, when you're pulling off OT wins at Boston, when you're winning, you know, what nine of the last 12 games, the expectations have changed. I think a little bit. Obviously, this team was rejected to get what, 77, 78 points before the year uh, at the Vegas uh, Sharps, the sports books, and everything. Now, right now, they're pacing about 90. Uh, if they pull out a win and an overtime loss or anything like that in the next two games, that would be 45. That would, that would get them to a 90 point pace. With that said, a top league scoring team right now, a team with tons of momentum. A team when Matthias Samuelson is in the lineup is at least 10 games above 500. Is non-playoffs a disappointment for this 2022-2023 Sabres roster?
1: I would say non-playoffs is not a disappointment. It's more, you know, the vibes of the team. Like the look at the Atlantic. That top three is solid and the the metro is deep. Like making a playoff spot right now is very difficult. And just because this team is a few points out of that last wild card spot come April, it's it's not the end of the world. It's it's a young team that has the more than enough possibility to make the playoffs but it's not playoffs or bust for this team and I think fans morale you know shouldn't only focus on that playoffs up because you've seen this team they're streaky and you know they're not healthy a lot of the time like you know it's knock on wood like another defenseman goes down like Samuelson did another skid comes like you can't base the entire season off off that little streak there
0: yeah, I, I will say that depending on how the rest of the season goes, right, we're almost to the halfway point, it very well could be a disappointment that the Sabres, you know, miss the playoffs. And I think a lot of people might be, because people were disappointed when the Sabres didn't make the playoffs two years ago, and the year before that, you win 10 games in a row, you win eight games in a row, and then you miss the playoffs by so much, that's disappointing. It would be an even bigger failure to have the success this team is having this year suddenly get cold offensively and then fall down the rungs of the ladder that much again. That would be disappointing. So I hate to throw in the caveat of like, well, it depends on by how much they miss. If they miss by a significant margin because they got cold offensively and their defense wasn't good enough to stop teams from scoring three goals a night, that would be disappointing.
2: I mute monstered myself. Uh, let me go. Let me go. Devil's advocate. I tell you that the Sabers won't make the playoffs, but UPL will play half the games the remainder of the way, and he'll have a 920 save percentage. You, you sign up for that in an instant.
1: Deal. Yeah, I.
2: Okay. Yeah. Let's, well, because it's tough to imagine that without making the playoffs. I, I yeah. get why that's a painful thing, but yeah, I mean, I just think you're right. Like. Yes, it would be astounding. It would feel so good to make the playoffs. It would honestly feel kind of like 2017 Bills. Again, we talk about the Bills mm-hmm. and the Sabres are the same. It would just be like, yeah, you know this team isn't going to win the ultimate big thing, most likely, just because they don't have like at the key positions, which is obviously goalie. Um, but with that said, yeah, just to make the playoffs, to get that kind of proverbial monkey off your back would be tremendous. Um, and speaking of tremendous, I wanted to get some other topics out of the way here. Secondary tickets on Saturday. I mean, we're talking about the Sabres being back. I think that this recent six-game winning streak got the fans all the way back to where they want to be in the arena on a weekend night for now. Now, I, I know that weekday nights are still going to be a challenge. I mean, let's face it. Monday, it's not easy to get downtown uh, at 6.45 p.m. for that puck drop. But I think – I feel like, you know, again, not back to 05-07, not even back to 08:09, but I feel like we're back to the early 2010s almost where there's an optimistic belief that this team is going to battle every night and then if you go and pay for a ticket, you're not going to see like a ho-hum 3-1 loss.
1: Yeah, and you think too that the Sabres right now are battling with, you know, the bills for the tension of fans and the fact that the city is able to give the Sabres team this much buzz right now when the bills are where they're at right now, I think it's actually incredible that on a weekend game, like, yeah, it's going to be tough to get fans in on a Sunday, but this, the city cares about the Sabres right now a lot.
0: Yeah, and that's a that's a good thing. Eventually, the NFL season will be over, and whether it ends with the Bills triumphantly winning in February, or if the Bills don't even play past the second weekend in January, there are Sabers games to be played after that, and you want people to care about those Sabers games. I remember a couple of years ago, I believe it was the year the Bills made the AFC Championship against the Chiefs. I remember talking to my friend, uh, his name's Jeremy, and I was saying like, well, like. I guess we can look forward to like Sabres games every day now, and he's like, "Can we really like? I don't think these are going to be fun, all that fun to watch." And they weren't because the team did the team basically imploded and it fell down the stairs. Minor loophole
2: was that that was the year where COVID delayed the start of the
0: NHL season, so the Sabers were
2: literally playing their first games in January. Like they were like two and one when you were saying that.
0: Yeah, (laughs) well, so so that's that was my point was like. Beginning of the playoffs, it's like the Sabres are good and the Bills are good. Well, this is going to be such a fun, you know, winter and spring. And it turned out to be fun, you know, fun for the Bills for a while. They they got there, you know, to the AFC Championship game. And then the Sabres basically very soon after that fell off a cliff, essentially. Literally
2: so, a cliff. That was so painful. I those, will uh... say
0: the Flyers game, very cheap tickets available in the 100s. Offensive zone, sh- you know, shoot twice. Uh, it was like $40 top of the circles. Um, now rescheduled game uh, Monday night makes that tough. But yeah, I expect the weekend ticket prices to be, uh, to be pretty high. And, and that, that place to be full, as long as the Sabres do, you know, continue to win, you know, win two, two out of three or something like that. Can't afford, can't afford another losing streak uh, or those prices will, will drop back down.
2: hundred percent. Can't afford another losing streak. Uh, speaking of remainder of season, um, give me an over/under for the for the Sabres' top winning streak. Will they will they win more than three and a half games in a row the remainder of the year between now, game forty, and game eighty-two?
1: I think if this team doesn't win more than three games in a row the rest of the season, that'd be a big disappointment because as there's one thing that's certain in life, it's the Buffalo Sabers right now are streaky, and if they can't string together four wins in a row, that's something super scary because. I think this team's really big off vibes. And once they get hot, they're really moving. So they can't get it going more than two, three games. It's going to be, might be a long rest of the year.
0: What's the phrase that Jeremy White says on WGR? Meaningful games in March. And I think the only way to have meaningful games in March is to string together victories of four or five or even six games in a row. You can't afford, and I'm sure the Sabres are a streaky team. So I'm acknowledging that they might lose their next game. They might lose their next two games and go on a four-game losing streak. But then you have to win the next three games. And then you have to maybe lose a game and then win four in a row because they put themselves in a hole with that eight-game losing streak. And that's why they have to work so hard to climb back. And the, the way the Sabres have played, they've been so hot as of late. They should be in a playoff spot. They shouldn't be chasing a playoff spot still. But they are because they dug themselves a hole. Can't afford to dig yourselves a hole. But if you have a golden shovel in the form of a six-game winning streak in February, that'll give you some help. Seriously, that's how you climb the ladder. Speaking of climbing the ladder, make sure you're following our
2: guys, gatesy 35 on social media and vchristiano3. And, of course, all of the action, all of the Sabres updates at Cross Swords Pod. You know, I started thinking of all the depth the Sabres have now, guys, as we sign off here. Just, I want to play a quick game real quick. I went nuts. I'm like, what was going on last year at this time? You know, like, when we didn't have depth. Like, I was trying to remember, truthfully. Can either of you tell me how many games Robert Hag played last year?
0: <laughs> to this point? Uh, did did that, like
2: that name seasons? just hit hit Gatesy like a, like a smack in the face?
1: Yeah, that, you could have told or me I was name. a dream, and I, I would have believed you, because I haven't thought of Robert Hag, especially in a blue and gold jersey, and i i I can't even tell you how long
2: how many games last year did he play for the sabers
0: 34
1: 41
2: 48 games from robert egg now you got that and then you're thinking okay like you know but yeah like you know what was the scoring that john hayden at the center position how many games did he play last year for the sabers
0: Hey, you know what? Shout out, John Hayden. I was at the Sabers Panthers game. Oh boy, I don't remember what this. This had been like Mar- maybe it was March. Lost Those are some high
2: scoring affairs, right?
0: We lost six to one that day. I had over six and a half goals in that game, and John Hayden scored the lone Sabers marker late in the third to get me my over. So I I will always love him for that. I want seven dollars. That's all I care about. Gents, uh, do you even want to guess?
1: Is it more than how many 50? games John
2: Hayden
0: played? Yeah, I want to say 55, but I feel like that's high, so I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with 43. I was gonna say 53.
2: 55 games for John Aiden. I'm Very not right, I and again, wait, but... like the, that. The idea that we've subtracted 55 games from John Aiden and 48 from Robert Hag alone is such a win for the progression of this roster. Yeah. Um, and yeah, hopefully, we'll continue to progress. Keep an eye out for our progression on Trainux Sports Cross Pod. You know the show where sometimes we do get our wires crossed the signals crossed but our swords always are let's get a good streak let's get some winning streaks in the second half of the season let's get to the playoffs and let's go sabers let's
1: go buffalo, let's go, buffalo.